Please be advised, the following program contains some adult themes and content. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Karim Benzema. Karim Benzema. Karim Benzema. Karim Benzema. Three hundred and sixty-five days of sport. Yes, good evening and welcome to yet another edition of the greatest sports radio show on the planet. Yes, that time of the week again. Happy Tuesday, everybody! It's time for the Jack Links Beef Jerky 365 Days of Sport radio show. Kareem Benzema, Rob! How, how can you be saying Kareem Benzema and it's May? Because... Oh, has he done something in the Real news? Madrid won the European Champions oh. League in the week, and Karim Benzema is the Real Madrid captain. So well, Kareem that's all right then. Benzema. But it's just, it's for me, it means it's Christmas time. That's the problem. It's Christmas time. You don't, don't have, have to, to be, be afraid. afraid. At Christmas time. Da 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 da. Something about banishing shades. plenty. Then a son of doors of joy. Spread a son of joy. That's when Sting comes in. He comes with the hyper. Spread a son of joy. Put your arms around the world at Christmas time. Then George Michael comes in. And say your prayer. Ding, 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 ding. And pray for the other ones at Christmas time. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, we're just having fun. Or something like that. Uh-huh, outside your window. In the lights of bitter tears. Nice. In the nights of da 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 In the nights on and near. Oh, tonight, thank God it's them instead of you. Happy Christmas, everybody. Yeah, right. May 31st. It's the new Christmas day. I might just be distorting my vocal a bit. Oh, sorry, mate. We were were raging through there. There we go. It's a bit cleaner. Uh, We were raging through this, so understandable. Hey, I'm Nick Paul with Ottawa Centers, and you're listening to 365 Days of Sport. It's Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. Time for the Jack Links Beef and Ham Jerky 365 Days of Sport radio show. Who is that bloke who introduced us there, V? Uh, Nick Paul from the Ottawa Senators. Who's that? He's an ice hockey player. Oh, yeah? Yeah. When did you chat to him? Oh, I don't know. Just well, on just my travels. He's on your... He's just yeah. guy. You just bump into him, just do bump you? In. I tell you what I did bump into on Wednesday when I was flying up to Who's Brisbane. Adam Gilchrist. Oh, and did he go, oh, how you going? Be good to see you again. I remember you. You were that guy that booked me at the airport I some other time. I actually asked him if he would like to come on the show. That's good thinking. Right? Yeah. I said, oh, Gilly, come on. Come on the show, man. It's the greatest non-sports sports radio show yeah. on the planet. He went, yeah. oh, no, mate, I'm contracted to another radio station. Oh. And I went, oh, that's fair enough. No yeah. problem. He goes, yeah. what radio station? I said, SEN. Oh, yeah. And he went, oh, I'm on SEN too. I went, <laughs> well... What do you reckon then, Gilly? <laughs> and he went, oh, no, better not. <laughs> I called him out because I knew he was on SEN. Okay. So I was just testing him. Good try. He wouldn't even do a sting for us, Rob. Wouldn't even do a sting for us. Well, that's all right. I mean, uh, uh, last time I came across him, he was quite quite a nice bloke. Oh, he was quite a nice bloke. I when said, I bumped I said, into him out in the pub. I said to him, I said, hey, we had uh, Peter Atzoglu on last night. Yeah. And he went, oh, did you? Yeah. And I went, yeah. That's how good we are. <laughs> 
And he went, oh, yeah, he's a nice bloke, isn't he? He said, yeah, he is a really good bloke. Yeah, he loved it. <laughs> loved the interview. He said, do you know what he said, Gilly? He said, it's the best interview he's ever done. <laughs> Stuff you and Mark Howard. <laughs> amateurs, Rob. They're did, amateurs. Did, hang on a sec. Now, yeah. did, what did you actually, did you actually say that to him? Or yeah. is that your re- retelling? No, 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 I, that's exactly what I said. And he kind of walked off. Wow, strange. So you made another friend. Is that what you're saying? Well, he wasn't going to be our friend anyway, so well, I might as well just annoy him now. You're just burning bridges, Beef. Oh, status quo. You, you think they're not going to remember? They, they remember, oh, that's that guy. That's that that's guy. That's that guy time. who's really good. That one time. That's who's really authoritative. Oh, Stern knows what he wants, Rob. Yeah. It's, how's it working? It's fantastic. I'm loving life. Yeah, good. Loving life. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. I appreciate it. It's good that you go and have a chat and say hello. Yeah. Did you work it easily into the conversation? Or did you just go come on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. But, how, but how did you? How did you work? Just what what, what was a small chat. talk? What was a, what was, a, what was an opening line? Gilly, how you going, mate? What's your pickup line? Yeah. Uh, hey, Gilly, said, how Gilly, you going? What's up, man? That, keep it simple, yeah. I said, I said, mate. You didn't come with a, have a predetermined gag. I mean, you tell so many great jokes on this show. Oh, I could have given. You could have pulled out any one of I them. I said, oh, I should have said, oh, Gilly, we're doing this segment on the show called Gags with David Boone. It's hilarious. Yeah. Okay. You should do it on your shows. Yeah. Don't need to make friends, Rob. Especially with people uh, that work at SCN. Yeah, who needs it? So, oh, we don't need Adam Gilchrist on just one of the. He wasn't going to come on anyway, Rob. He wasn't. Oh, well, that was a good trick. Anyway, um, well, uh, stuff him. Anyone else on your on your travels there, Beef? Um, not this week. Nah, next time. Although talking of guests, yeah. we have got some great guests lined oh, up tonight. Well, exciting hopefully, times. Hopefully, if they get back to me, we've definitely got one, and uh, the other one is still missing in action. Yeah, don't worry, he'll come through. Beef, they always just come through the last. These yeah. famous blokes. These famous blokes. They, yeah. they, they, they former the Harlem Globetrotters trotting all over the world. Former England international, Rob, footballer. Oh, the list is getting longer. Beef. Of, it's a pretty of, long list. Yeah, minus Adam Gilchrist. <laughs> Uh, we'll get him eventually. We will. He'll apologise too. He will apologise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guarantee because he's a nice bloke, Gavin Gilchrist. He probably is a nice bloke. He probably, you know, he is. Come on, mate. He walked, remember? He walked. He did. I'm not saying that. <laughs> what? No, he did. You're right. And <laughs> I'm not saying that. He's, um, well. I, Do you know I, what? I was, I was going to say this one thing, though, okay, yeah. okay, say if you ask someone politely for something and then they politely say no, don't then just go, oh, well, screw you then. You suck. <laughs> that, that's. Because then they definitely it wasn't, never it wasn't that. We dropped in the SEN stuff through yeah. the time, and then, okay. then I told them to get stuff. Um, yeah. Do you know what? But no, you didn't you know, actually. You, know when, you, you um, said fairly well and and, yeah. and You know when he walked? Quarterly departed. When he walked in India, and that, those times when he was walking when he was out. Right. I heard him described as un-Australian for walking. Right. Which is a absolute Well, but that's it's just a stupid... Oh, it doesn't... An Australian, Rob, for actually doing the right but, but, thing. But that's just one Muppet saying that. Like, it does, wasn't it doesn't one. speak for everyone. It's a whole club. Well, whatever. Who cares? Are you, you going to go to now another bagging Australia rent while we're in no, no, Australia? No, no, no. You still don't get this. I'm just saying. You're, you're in this saying. little bubble in your own world. People and you were don't calling under- Adam Gilchrist un-Australian because he was doing the right thing. But what, you just want to jump on this topic all the time. Do I? If you've just told Adam Gilchrist, who politely declined an offer, to bugger off, you've just said all this stuff. And now you're going on. What I'm just you're distracting me with going on. What's going on out there? Anyway, go carry on. And then what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? It's live radio. Rob. And, and now you want to go up. on. A, you want an anti-Australia rant? I never said that at all. You're, you're just putting words in my mouth, Rob. No, what's it's, your little phrase? The, it's all round there. It's all in the realm. It's all into the sphere. The connotations and annotations—they're all lining up. Beef. I can. I can sense it. It's just. It's those, those, those chips. Talking of agitation, huh? right? Okay. I just got back from holiday today. Right. Right. Back from holiday. Forgot about that. And the old Claire 
Yeah. Shouldn't say old, old Claire. Old, jeez. Claire. My, oh. my, my darling Claire. Yeah, Claire says to me. Yeah. She, goes, she got really a bit agitated with me earlier. She yeah, goes, fair. I would. She goes, Beefy, yeah. you haven't listened to a word I have said so far, have you? I All went, it's right. a funny way to start a conversation. Yeah. She wouldn't uh, be- hang on a sec. I'm going to repeat that. It's, you haven't listened to a word I said, have you? And you said, that's a funny way to start. Oh, I get it. Yeah, right. I just got it now. Should that be in gags yeah, with David yeah. Boone? Uh, no, no, no. That's actually quite clever. <laughs> I was actually just very slow then. Good. But, um, so that's not on you. That's probably on me for that. That, okay. wasn't, that wasn't a silence that's a lame joke. That was a silence that I'm a bit slow. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Hi, I'm Jeff Fennick, and this is 365 Days of Sport. Have you ever seen that Howard Stern movie? No. Nope. Private Parts? No. Nope. And the guy's trying to teach him, he starts working for WNBC, is yeah. the station's working for it, and he keeps trying to teach him how to say it. He's going, WNBC. <laughs> and he goes over and over and over, and he can't get it. Howard Stern, even as young as he used to put on, he's I'm a radio voice. I'm going to just put on my radio voice guy yeah. there and talk like this. And then he just was one of the first ones to just start talking like a normal person without some what? weird. You think Howard Stern talks like a normal person? Well, he, well, he, he turned it, he made it into conversational, yeah. more, more natural conversation. Right. I okay. Yeah. So I understand where you're coming from. I'm just saying yeah. his voice wasn't. But it, it's it's a great watch that private parts of his. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really good. Okay. It's one of Paul Giamatti's first roles. And so when he gets to the big station, and I think he's in Washington, Paul Giamatti, he's off sideways. He's the coach in Cinderella Man. Okay. With yeah. Cinderella with with Russell, Russell Crowe. Crow. Well, you got you got to love a boxing movie. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Some of the great ones. Many, many great ones, Beef. And what was I talking about before? I don't know. Uh, you don't know. Oh, talking you're talking about, the... about Paul St- Howard uh, Stern. Paul pa- Stern. Paul Giamatti. Yeah, yeah. Howard Stern, he, so he's like a real angry, he's the head of the radio, and he gets offside with Howard Stern. Howard Stern keeps trying to uh, just disobeying him blatantly, basically, and oh, talking about okay. stuff that he's not supposed to. And, oh, and... a bit like what we do here. No, uh, no, 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 no. It's all above board. <laughs> and... Um, and he keeps trying to skim suspending and stuff, but and his nickname is Pig Vomit. Oh, okay. Yeah, Paul Giamatti is his nickname. Right. But unfortunately, his best lines in the film, I can't repeat because they come involved. Bit rude, okay. Significant. No, I'm just swearing. That's, what, that's, that's a bit rude, Rob. Well, no, but you, if you, something's a bit rude, it's like you say it's uh, th- it's in a, a blue area or something, I reckon, perhaps. Mm, well, I think just swearing in well, general. Well, no, I know you can't swear, Beef. You don't need to tell me. I've, you know, I've not sworn once in three, 256 shows. <laughs> not once. <laughs> not once, yeah. Or not fact, once, just ten times. It's one all F-bombs yeah, between right. us. You did it not so long ago. I know, in the quiz. Yeah, the competitive nature got the better of you. Yes. Well, actually, I did it in Balderdash, I think, because a stupid Gavin was there. Uh, okay. Just on the radio side of things, we got an email this week ah. from the uh, community broadcasting people in Australia. Oh, so they're giving us a, what, we're suspended again? A multi-million again. dollar deal, we're Rob. Su- we're suspended again? No, we're not suspended. Oh. <laughs> we got the feedback that we are possibly a bit too commercial for community radio in Australia, <laughs> Rob. <laughs> what? Yeah. No way in the world. Yes. That, that's the feedback from within the station, is it? No. The from... feedback from the governing body of community radio stations in Australia. How, how can we be commercial? I don't get that at all. All um, I do is talk about, is it to do with all the beef jerky references? <laughs> or? No, no, no. I think the vibe this person got... Because, uh, right, we've been recommended to go national on the Community Broadcasting Network, right? Okay. But they felt that our show was probably on the more commercial side of things than the right. community side of I things. I don't think they listened to enough shows. I don't think she did either. But uh, I, I know where she's coming from. It is the, this is her words, 
Yeah. The show is more about the personalities okay. than the content. <laughs> well, she was great. A, she, well, yes. She was also... So, so, but she thinks we should talk less about ourselves. That was, no, that's not a good idea. No, no, no. What, I, I need okay. a vent. I need yeah. to complain about things. She's, gonna, not, she's not complaining that about us not being ourselves. She was complaining about one... The title of the show is a bit uh, misleading because <laughs> I think I think the show Ooh, she's listened to didn't have much show uh, much yeah. sport in. Um, she was complaining about chicken nuggets for some reason. I'm not quite sure when we talked about chicken nuggets, but we did clearly. But yeah, what's she... the problem with chicken nuggets? Oh, I think I was talking about that when they get meshed up in the they throw Possibly. like baby chickens know. in anyway. the mesh. Well, because I saw those people on the this is, that's what it was. It was the people I saw on Burke Street that had the screen mask on and yeah. they're holding up iPads of little mini chickens getting okay. meshed up into mints. so. Look, it wasn't negative feedback. She was just saying that our show, what we do here, 365 Days of Sport, because that's what you're listening to, people, 365 Days of Sport, your weekly non-sports sports news show. All she was saying is if we were to be syndicated for the new listener to come in and listen, it might take them a bit of time to get up to speed with what me and you do. So it needs to be called 365 Days of Drivel or something it like that. probably needs to be called The Beef and Rob Show. Okay. Along those lines. Well, we'll have to figure something out. I know what Um, she's saying in terms of commercial... Well, it's uh, been through a metamorphosis, Beef. There's only so much sport you can talk about. I mean, I don't have the credentials and expertise to go into in-depth analysis of sport. I can't take myself seriously. Because, I I mean, if I was someone who was an actual athlete... Yeah. ...who is at the highest level, putting in all this work and training, and some moron like me is going to come and critique what I'm doing and how I'm going about it, yeah. while I just ate a whole, my third tub of Ben and Jerry's ice cream in a, for a day in a row. Really? Yeah, I mean, wow. I'm, I'm, I'm getting dangerously addicted to this stuff. Oh, yeah. I thought I'd broken it, but it's, only, it's, just, it's right across the road. $9, it's on special. For how much? Like a big pint. Half a litre. Uh, $9. Have you ever had this? Th- oh, that's got no sense of smell. Oh, I wouldn't even... <laughs> What's that going to do with ice cream? Well, I just write off because you got you can't taste anything. You can't. You've only got you only get fifteen percent if you've got no sense of smell. Oh right, okay. This is this is why you got poor taste because you literally have poor taste. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yeah>. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. If, if, if I had to listen to me crapping on trying to say what's what in the sporting world, mm. I mean that's immediately you're well within your rights to punch me in the face. Mm. I mean, most of these people doesn't it get boring going round and round saying what they've got to do next week? I, mean, I, don't, I actually don't know how these serious sports journos can have an angle on something all the time mm. without finding their own voice boring. Do you not agree? Rob, I used to work with them on a <laughs> on a regular basis. Yeah. I know exactly where you're coming yeah, from. Yeah. But in terms of that, look, this show is pretty unique. Let's face it. It's There's not many of these type of shows out there. But well, I, I don't even know what it is. It just fills space. It, uh, it it stop, stop. I don't want to analyse the show while we're in the show. No, no, no. But all I'm, I'm saying is this. we did get an email this week so I mean, suggesting... The, the, but it's That's... one of these mirrors in the mirror reflection, just a never-ending mirror. If we're in the show talking about the show, yeah. it's, it's just like it's just becoming like Seinfeld. It's interesting to know, though, the feedback that we get the from the governing body of community radio in Australia. I don't know. Oh, well, she enjoyed the show. Though. Yeah, yeah, great. She just doesn't think it could be syndicated nationally in Australia. In, in community radio. Across the community radio station network. But she thinks it could be syndicated in the big, big time, because we're commercial. Enough for it. That's what she's getting at. Wow, isn't it's, that it, is that not the, a compliment? The, that's what I'm saying, Rob. 
what I'm saying. Well, you went the long way around. Well, you kept interrupting me, and well, you you were taking offence. Oh, I'm not. I don't take offence. <laughs> I don't get offended. No one offends me. Anyway, no, I, I tell people why they're wrong. Yes, they, they don't offend me. I'm not no, some no. victim who's going to roll around on the ground and the feet will go. Oh, someone said I'm not very good or something like that. Whatever. I, I, no. Move forward, beef. We don't muck about. Just... Well, she did say though that we would be more suited for this type well, of show then... on. The commercial. Well, why don't? Why can't you send it? One of those stereo guys. Why don't they give us a say that we're? Oh, this is clearly what the people want to hear. This is clearly what they want to hear. Yeah, and then we can just do once a week. And still do no prep. Just keep it exactly how it is. Two hours. And then Sorry? I only have to, to work two hours a week. Sorry, who does no prep? Well, I do my quiz. Yeah, I do, I do the quiz. Mm. I did it real quick today, too. Like, oh, ten good. minutes. Oh, Not fantastic. even that. Yeah, it took yeah. me a day to write the stuff for this show. Anyway, I think I need another holiday. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's, I, I don't think I can handle winter anymore. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm going to try and... I'm developing a life where I avoid a the life. winter. Yeah, a, a, a lifestyle. <laughs> Where, where I'm just going to avoid the winters. So that, Back in about 2004, that was my plan as well, Rob. Yeah? Because I was going to go and play cricket for about five or six years. Yeah. Summer in the UK, back to Australia to play yeah, cricket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was going to do. And then you got married, messed it up. Well, yeah. That, that was didn't part help. of it? That was part of it. My groins also went. Tore my groins. So... So, Were they actually torn? Both of them. Both, yeah. It was a real struggle. Was it was it in one hit or did you do one then the other? I did one and then the other in the space of about three or four weeks at the end of the season, two thousand and four. Right. I can't imagine yoga was big these back in those days. <laughs> it's never been big. Never been big. Nah. No. Anyway. Any sort of uh And then flex, flex Then I decided to play rugby to keep fit between cricket seasons. Injuries. And then dislocate my shoulder. So that was That's even the worse. that was the stupidest idea. Yep. To like I mean just do something that is a very high chance you're gonna get injured. Yeah. Why didn't you just, you could have done so many other things. But I you could just done some push ups. But then you just you ruined your whole body. Yeah, well that's life, isn't it? So Cat. where are you planning to go and live between the London, months? London? Oh, you're gonna you're gonna yeah, I'm gonna yeah. chase the summer. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly what I'm gonna do. Okay. June, July, August. You got a work permit for um? I have three months. Don't need one. Oh, you don't need one. No. Okay. Just move. Just moving and shaking. Alrighty. It's gonna be great, beef. Yeah. I can imagine. I'll send you postcards. Thanks, man. Yeah. Or maybe not. That's a bit. No. I'll, well, I'll, see, I'll that, send you a text. That is definitely a bit presumptuous. You wouldn't yeah. even send me a text. A Facebook messenger. Oh, come on. Something come on. Like that. <laughs> so when's this day? Next year. Yep. Right. Yeah. I'll tell you what you could do. You what? could get your solo album happening. You can go and tour the UK on the pre- you know on the premise for that no, the UK no, 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 tour. No, no. That's definitely not going to work. No, 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 oh, no. Don't, don't you worry, Beef. I got I I got plans. Got don't you plans. worry about it. It's all, all right, coming so together. Watch the job ads, people. In about June next year, we'll be looking for a new host for three months. Hey, whatever. No, we'll just do it on WhatsApp, something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. like it. Move, I mean, surely we're moving with the COVID times, Beef. Yeah. You can do anything, uh, anywhere, you anytime. You know, more than most, Rob, we were essential workers during lockdown. I, I still think that's one of the great uh, moments of my life. <laughs> that the entire, all of Melbourne was, was not allowed the to do anything. The strictest lockdown yeah. on the planet, people. But obviously the, the mayor, the council got together. And government, the, um, the, 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 state, the state government, Dan has said, now, while we're here, Beefy and Rob, three or days of sport, yeah. people need their spirits lifted. They do. They need to, they're in the doldrums. They need their you know, weekly because dose. Because I've made sure that they are. Of non-sports, sports news, entertainment. Yeah, and uh, we just, 
uh, masquerading across uh, Melbourne in the, in the, we, the Blue Devil. At, uh, where no one else was on the roads. There was literally me, Rob, and three yeah. Uber drivers. And about 90 police the first time, the first, the first week anyway. Then they realised everyone's paying attention. They just said, yeah. oh, I reckon we can back it off, people. We've got them full. Didn't see any. Under the thumb. So, uh, yeah, Under we were essential, essential workers for quite a while. Well, I mean, I don't feel any less essential now. But we're, I mean, <laughs> if you felt less it's essential. It's not something that comes and goes once you're essential you're essential oh okay yeah yeah so don't ever think that it's uh sort of it's about that could be your just passing by it's not a drive-by shooting your boxing nickname could be essential rob bryce the essential one rob the essential one bryce i don't think well see i'm definitely wasn't essential there (laughs) one one fight and okay i'm retiring i think casual rob bryce is still the best much much better yeah there's no rush casual rob bryce no rush and by the way, people, you are listening to 365 Days of Sport. It is your uh, weekly dose of non-sport, sports entertainment news. What did I Thank you to... Uh, I've got to do this bloody intro now, Rob. Oh, yeah. We're commercial. Remember this? Commercial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. got to thank the good people at Jack Links, the best beef jerky on the planet. Get your Jack Links wherever you may go, whatever you may do. You need a good dried meat protein snack to keep you going. Also, we've got to thank the great people at Good Pods. If you downloaded this episode, thank you, first and foremost. Remember to review us. Five stars, please. Have a look at Good Pods. It is a great resource for indie podcasters. Yeah, very handy. And then even I've just started using it to find other pods that I like, and they're just all popping up, they're so all there. Uh, everyone's it getting on it. growing like no tomorrow. In fact, mm. when there is no tomorrow, good pods will still be there. Yeah. So uh, check them out. It is a great platform for podcasts from all walks of life. I think we're up to, I think we are 21 in the sports charts. Good. Hey, did you hear about Kevin? No. He's in Australia too. Spreading himself a bit thin. Yeah. Everyone wants a slice of Kevin. Premium New Zealand beef. Jack Links, beef up your snack life. Hi, I'm John Aldridge, and you're listening to 365 Days of Sport. You'll all never walk alone. We're going to go to, this is the Aldershot town manager, Mark Molesley, mm. got interviewed. Aldershot are playing Bromley, Rob, oh. in the FA is this Trophy. Who, is this who we're on now? Oh, the FA no, Trophy. No, the FA Trophy. This is okay. the other one. This, this the other is one. the non-league FA Cup. I so, forgot who we're on now. Uh, we're on QPR. That's right. Nick Cave's team, remember? Yeah, that's right. Nick Cave. <laughs> That well-known football lover. (laughs) Anyway, Mark Mosley was uh, asked a question about the Bromley game coming up on the weekend. Mark, FA Trophy tie at home against Bromley this weekend. What's your thoughts ahead of the game? If a tree falls and no one is there to hear it fall, does it make a noise? So, does a penguin get cold? What way does your bath water go? Clockwise or anti-clockwise when you take the plug out? You know, these are questions which are going to be asked of us. These are questions we've got to have the answers to. Um, you know, we're always looking for solutions, and we've got to come up with the, you know, solve the equation sometimes. But, you know, Sam's had a lovely haircut. It's started to grow out now. Coops is here, working silently away. Robbie's over there. It's the first time he's been quiet today. Terry's brought a briefcase in, you know. He's got four Japanese talking dogs in there. But, you know, this is, this is what we work with, and we'll continue to work hard. So I'm I'm just a bit confused. So he he's in the team. He's no, he's the, the manager. manager. He's, he's the, the manager of Aldershot. Yeah. yeah. So he's just taking the piss out of it entirely. Obviously, he's done a good job. Or is he? He's, he definitely. They're is. the questions. Yeah. Does a penguin get cold? Yeah, yeah. If a tree falls and no one 
is no, is it? Did it make a sound? That's right. So yeah, that's pretty good. In response to that, Rob. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, here's tonight's top ten. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Oh, I got a live one here. Got some cracking interview answers. A couple of quickies to start off with. This is uh, Mohamed Anas. The Premiership man of the match, Mohamed Anas. Congratulations, Mohamed. I'm sure coming down here and making sure you walk away with something is a good achievement. But looking at the balance of play, I'm sure you could have won that game tonight. Uh, thank you very much. And I thank Almighty God who was above. I always wish to win one of these and, and, and I got it. So... Thank you very much for, for, for this, for giving me this. And I appreciate my fans also. My wife and my girlfriend. Yeah, I mean my wife. Yeah, sorry to say. I'm so I'm so sorry, my wife. Lizzo, I love you so much. Aya, I love you so much from my heart. Ne? So Yeah, really. We don't believe you, Mohammed. Uh, Brian O'Driscoll, ex uh, Ireland. These are these these aren't even in the top ten, these are just very quickies. Okay. I don't know. Um you know, Knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is knowing not to put it in a fruit salad. <laughs> good from the, good from uh, Bod there. Is that, I wonder uh, if that's an old timey Irish I, saying. I think it probably yeah. is. Uh, this is Davria Gavrilova. Bit of a Aussie tennis action. Yeah, what do you tell yourself when you got down, though, and having to serve for, uh, to stay in the match? What do you tell yourself differently? Because um, I know if I don't uh, win this game, I'm done. So I just, yeah, I, I, I'm good from behind. <laughs> oh. hmm. Not going to go there. Come here. Come back here. You're still young. What does... Come back here, you're still young. That's yeah. an interesting thought from yep. the uh, interviewer. Yep, yep. All right, so into the top ten. This is... Oh, this is a very good one about Eddie Jones being mm. interviewed by New Zealand TV. We're about to start Aotearoa, Super Rugby Aotearoa next week. What are you anticipating seeing, you know, amongst the New Zealand teams, given you've, you've given all that about the All Blacks? Uh, just so many good young players, mate. I don't know how you do it there. Oh, I do, because you've got three of the biggest uh, academies in the world. Fiji, Samara and Tonga. They're not bad. <laughs> we were waiting for it. I was waiting for it. Oh, Eddie Jones. Wow, well, that shows how long he's been out of Australia, because nowadays, Christ, they, they took, it took them years to catch on, the Aussies. <laughs> in Australia, that's right. Yeah. This one is from South African Rugby. The guy is called Constant Beckerling. Talk us through those 80 minutes. No, we prepared to win. We knew that we were here to make history. The whole week, that's what we told ourselves. And you know what? I'm so proud of the boys. Absolutely humbled. And the guys came out. They played with enormous testicles. And we absolutely did it. Fantastic effort. I'm such a happy captain. <laughs> they played with enormous testicles. Yeah, yeah. Just dropped it in there. He loved it, didn't he? Yeah, that's that's the one where, you know, normally uh, I'm uh, in favor of using the the correct terminology when you when you go to those regions. It's, mm. it's more sophisticated. But in that particular tone, it actually would have been better to use a slang word. Probably. Bollocks or balls. But he had the enunciation to really bring it home. Yeah, he certainly did. It worked, uh, the accent, the African accent, really, really yes. kicked it off there. Yes, uh, This is a guy called Maxwell Heath. He's another rugby player. He's a little bit older, but he's still going strong. 
Maxi, Wasp tonight has been well documented. Uh, what a difficult side they are to break down. How are you going about that? Oh, um, well, there's a lot of emotional focus here. I'm taking it really personally. So we're out here to try and put a number on this lot. But um, despite their injuries, they've got a team of real Mavericks, 1-15. to They're all quite unpredictable, much like their play. So should be good fun, a real, a real battle, so to speak. It was a dominant return for you personally last week at Six Ways. It was quite the pleasure to see you doing your, <laughs> doing your bit in the yeah, set I was, piece. I was running around just like, seeing, just talking to my ancestors. I was missing lungs. Oh man, I was battling.com. You know, one of those real personal grind outs. You're just like, oh God, next phase, make it, you can do it. Just all that in a monologue. But it was really fun. I was so glad to get it done. Oh some relief there that I've still, still semi got it you yeah. know you've become a bit of a cult hero <laughs> for our supporters so, so they're sat at home they're watching just, just give uh, the average Joe an insight of what's it like playing at this level on a Friday night under the lights yeah I think Friday night's always been a, um, a personal favourite of mine you've got the, the long weekend um, usually when the fans are here it's real. everyone's just wanting that release that stimulation just to watch a macabre sport of gladiatorial confrontation and you, you feed off that as athletes like you love it love it but um, unfortunately that's not today but I'm looking forward to getting right in amongst it and intimate in the best kind of way with the men from Wasps canny foxes that was a really enjoyable <laughs> and albeit utterly mad couple of minutes Thank I don't you. know what just happened sorry I blacked out I blacked out <laughs> oh, uh, oh that's uh, I don't think I could ever imagine an Australian rugby league player <laughs> playing, uh, using even one of those words uh, the length no nothing absolutely not wouldn't be there well talking about Australians let's go to Wimbledon good evening we have a busy room please let me know if you have a question do you regret going to the pub last night do you think you could have played a bit better if you hadn't no what you look you way too excited to ask that question you must have a really boring life no uh, you played a great match, and um, you, uh, were, you were at the pub oh, last night. Oh yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, All right. Yeah, sorry. Oh, this is awkward. <laughs> oh, good old Nick Kyrgios went to the pub at Wimbledon. Yeah, in the middle of the tournament. Good man, Nick. What's coming up eventually when this uh, computer uh, moves across? Well, I was just going to say, because uh, Nick Kyrgios' match, and as it finished, uh, the radio coming on, the sort of going, well, there we go, Nick Kyrgios has finished, the game's over, and we'll, we'll talk to him shortly, you know. And, oh, and there's a lot of silly stuff in there, where there's, you know, his usual underhand shots and trick shots and stuff like that. Did he and, do any uh, underarm serves? Oh, yeah, yeah, he did, he did it through the leg serve. Oh, through the leg yeah, serve? Yeah, yeah, and even wow. from nowhere, for no reason, just like under no pressure, just did it through the leg shot. Just yeah. for a laugh. Just for a laugh. And he says, this is just what we've come to expect from Nick, and everyone's finally sort of, I think, just accepted it. We'd love to see him actually live up to his potential, but I think we've all given up on that. He's just <laughs> he's just going to be a best quarterfinals player, and that's sort of... Nice. Uh, um, I, I, I can't not watch him play, though. No, great value. Uh, uh, great it's, value. It's just fantastic. All righty. Nick Cummings, Honey Badger. Not Daniel Ricciardo, Honey yeah, Badger. Yeah, yeah, got Nick, it. Cummings. Nick Cummings. You nearly got a try on that left-hand side. What happened? <laughs> Oh, mate, I've gone up and over, and mate, he head over biscuit. It was a, uh, it was, a, it wasn't enough stability there for myself. But um, no, I was busting for a bit of meat this game, but didn't seem to work out. What's your philosophy on attack with this team? End them, basically. Um, up the guts, and then uh, yeah, swing it wide and, and uh, in the corner. <laughs> and finally, um, Honey Badger, your nickname. Can you explain why? The, the badge. Um, oh, look, you know. Long story short. 
basically, uh, there's a documentary on uh, National Geographic or Animal Planet, one of them Fox bloody setups, and um, yeah, I, w- I watched this, this thing, and this honey badger was going toe to toe with a with a male lion, and um, I managed to it was un- underneath him, bloody on, underdog, obviously, bloody on his back, clawing away, on two, and then bloody the the big fella um, got his canasters clawed off, and and he trotted off around the corner and fell over, and the badger gets back up, and I thought, what an animal, you know, that's bloody, that's impressive. <laughs> Got his canasters uh, torn off. Oh, right, I see. Yeah, the I honey badger ripped off the lion's yeah, yeah. canasters. Yeah, rock. yeah, I figured that one out yeah. eventually. Yeah, well, that won't. Uh, that lion's lost that battle, really. It has. It's okay. not the alpha lion anymore. Uh, I have to see a picture of one of these badgers. They're a funny colour. Uh, why are they called honey badgers? Because they've they... got uh, like a, a yeah, goldy, browny streak through them, I think. Right. Yeah, and they probably like to eat honey. I'm guessing. Bit more tennis, Rob. Andy Murray? Mm. You're going to be on a flight, so you can't enjoy the celebrations, but we really hope your teammates can have a drink on you. Yeah, yeah Dom's got, got got a little girlfriend on the go here in Glasgow. Um, so, uh, yeah, he's maybe celebrating with her this evening. What's her name? She's Dom. Dom. Dom, come on. Oh, no. You've wow. actually landed me in this. You've actually been landing oh, me in this. Because yeah. I actually have a girlfriend who's going to be watching this. So. Oh. On that bombshell. <laughs> I can't believe you've just landed him in it, Andy. So, yeah, Andy Murray, oh, Davis Cup no. team, landed his teammate. The second one. Dropped um, his teammate in it. For, I can uh, thank my wife and my girlfriend. Yeah, that's right, yeah. This one's your favourite, Rob. We love this interview. Brendan, how disappointed are you? Oh, disappointed. Very disappointed. Very disappointed. What went wrong? Because you got off to such a wonderful start. Yeah, it's interesting. I wonder what went wrong. I have to think about it. Think about it. Well, what did go wrong? I have to look, look and think about it. Think about it deeply. Very deeply. Did it hinge in the end on a bit of genius from Sorelli Bombo? Bit of genius. Bit of magic. Sorelli Bombo. Very interesting. Very good, yeah. Very good. Three cheers for Sorelli Bombo. Very good. Very good. <laughs> what were you happy with about your side? Oh, happy, happy, everything, everything, very good, very happy with my team. But you didn't win, did you, Brendan? Yeah, win, we didn't win, it's true, yeah. It Why didn't you win? win? Oh, good question, that, very good question, win. It's, it's important to win, it is important to win. We must try harder, absolutely, yeah. So you think it's a lack of effort? Oh, lack of effort, lack of effort. Can't think it's a lack of effort. Wouldn't so, never so, 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 so what is it, Brendan? Uh, what would it be? Let me think. Uh, I can't, I'm not sure. I'll have to think about that one. Think about it deeply. Okay, thank you, Brendan. Thank you very much. <laughs> All interviews should be like that. <laughs> I love that. All right. Fantastic. We're going to stick with a bit more rugby. This is uh, England prop, Joe Marler. I wouldn't hurt him as much as the lads who are, who are out there, but I definitely felt it, and I know how, how hard the boys have taken that. Um, be disappointed with the account that they that we put out, but uh, we've got another week to to get back on the horse, you know, and take that horse to the water, and you can ask that horse. You can say, hey, horsey. Do you want? Do you want to have a drink, or do you want to swim? Yeah, and it's up to that horse to then realise what he wants to do in his life. And that horse <laughs> at the moment wants to go out on Saturday. He wants to clippity clop all the way to the stoop. And he wants to say hello to those fans. And he goes, and he goes, I'm sorry about the result last week, but I'm going to give a better performance. Here at home against Bath. He's a slightly Irish horse. Um, so we're looking forward to, like I say, getting back on that horse. And are you looking forward to getting back on the horse six months since we last saw you? I don't like horses. I can't ride. 
<laughs> uh, that's almost in the realm of my uh, uh, Great Wall of China almost effort, like, yeah yep. just just say what comes in your head uh, this is the only football one we've got Ian Holloway former manager of uh, Blackpool QPR Plymouth Argyle loads of others but uh, great analogies mm. we'll always get sides having a go and then come back and, and score two good goals after yeah I have said it before you know um, a win's a win um and put it in gentleman's terms, if you go out on a night and you're looking for a young lady and you pull one, you know, that's it. Some some weeks they're good looking and some weeks they're not the best. And and <laughs> our performance today would have been not the best looking um, bird, but at least we'd have gone home in a taxi with it. <laughs> if that makes any sense, you know. None at all, but it sounds great. It certainly does. She wasn't the best looking lady we've ended up taking home, but she was very pleasant, very nice and all. Thanks very much. Let's have a coffee. <laughs> Might have to come back to you on that point a bit later in the season. Anyway, um, what about the third goal? Paul Furlong, great strike from the free kick. You know you've got options from those free kicks. We knew there was going to be a fight on. We knew there was going to be a fight on. I don't mean any disrespect for that from to my good lady because I never go out on the pool. I only try to, to make you understand what it's like, you know. A win is a bird and we take her own at the end of the day. We want a better looking one than that if we can, but if not... We'll take her home anyway. <laughs> Ian Holloway. Great man. Absolute class. He, I could have done a top ten of his... Uh, just little, on his own. Just on his own. He's he very, very nice. funny. All right, the number one greatest sporting post-match interview of all time, Tony Thompson. We've seen you singing in the build-up in your dressing room. You seem to exude confidence. You believed in yourself coming back over here. I'd be allowed to say I didn't have butterflies. You know, David scares the hell out of me. Big, strong, athletic guy. Well, Olympic pedigree. I mean, just a good, strong boss. He scared the hell out of me, but it brought the fucking best out of me. Yeah. Can you say fucking? Not me? really, but <laughs> don't worry, we'll let it fly. Um, I would love to fight Tyson Fury over here, or in Vegas, or anywhere that big pussy wants to fight. He's been mouthing off about me, my age, whatever. Tyson Fury, let's get it on, man. Finally, in your dressing room before the fight, I think you had a bit of Lionel Richie, easy like Sunday morning. Oh, easy what, like Sunday what's going to be the soundtrack for Saturday night for Tony Thompson? Hey, man, I'm going to go home and break my wife's hip. I ain't had sex with her in a while. She's going to feel the pain. And the pleasure. I mean, oh, it's going to be some pleasure mixed in there. But she might be crippled in the morning. So um, if anybody out there want to donate a wheelchair to the right. save the Miss Thompsons. Okay. All right, she'll be... <laughs> Listen, well done, congratulations. Uh, oh, my gosh. A tremendous interview, that. You like that one, Reef? It's a real statement, that one. It was a real statement. You're mm. right there. I wouldn't have picked Lionel Richie to be a uh, psych-up music for a boxing match. Yeah. That's, doesn't really uh, work easy like Sunday morning, Well, it does, does it? for him, clearly. He's victorious and uh, and obviously well fired up uh, beyond the fight beyond and, the and fight. into the future by the sounds. Yeah. So there um, we go, Reef. I don't know whether he ever fought Tyson Fury. We'll look that up in the break about Tony Thompson's boxing record. Okay. Hey, did you hear about Kevin? No. He's in Australia too. Spreading himself a bit thin. Yeah, everyone wants a slice of Kevin. Premium New Zealand beef. Jack Leagues, beef up your snack life. Hi there, this is John Higgins and this is 365 Days of Sport. As John mentioned, you go back to 1965 to find the last time Great Britain won gold at the Worlds. And now Nicky Minichiello and Gillian Cook will look to do just that on the Hans Hilkebrand slap going for the gold medal here at the Worlds. Unbelievable story. 
She won a silver medal at the 2005 World Championships in Calgary. Shocked everybody. Competitive start. We didn't expect one of the fastest, but 568 pretty good. She wasn't there. She's been the best driver in the competition to date. Exit here. Tenth of a second up. Very good speed. 63 miles an hour. Sideways of the chicane is her last nemesis. Not perfect lines. Great Britain winning four or winning it two man. Women's bobsled medal. It's unbelievable. USA silver, but gold by a huge margin for Great Britain number one, Nikki Minichiello and Jillian Cook. And Jillian Cook, world bobsleigh champion. And unbelievably, we've got her on the line. Jillian, thanks for joining us. It's an absolute pleasure from our side to have you on the show. Oh, great. Thanks for having me. Oh, no problem at all. I bet when you're running around and pole vaulting and jumping that uh, if uh, somebody told you you're going to be world bobsleigh champion, that would uh, you probably would have told them to go away. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I... It wasn't a sport I'd considered. It's not something that you generally do at school. So it wasn't even on my radar. And I I, I don't even know if I'd watched Cool Runnings at that point. Um, <laughs> so if I had, that was my entire sum of knowledge of the sport. When I got a call saying, hi, I'm Nicola, I drive a bobsleigh. Do you want to come and have a shot? Um, <laughs> yeah, it just kind of, it went from there, real whirlwind and straight in. Well, the real strange thing about it is, I mean, you said you got a call. I mean, realistically, it was a Facebook message, wasn't it? Um, yeah. So Nicola was looking around trying to find somebody who could give her a, a great start. Um, you know, they were starting sort of down the field and then she was managing to drive it back to like sixth or seventh. But she knew if she could have like a top three start, then she could be on the podium. Um, so she sort of started looking around for athletes and well, athletics, rugby, uh, martial arts, just looking for fast, strong people. And um, hit on me <laughs> as one of her as her prospects, and yeah, sent me a message. And I remember her asking me, you know, do you have any questions? And I was like, I don't really know enough about it to know what to ask. <laughs> like, uh, it's just yeah, completely out of the blue. Um, but yeah, just jumped at the chance to try something new and didn't realise that um, I was into adrenaline sports, but turns out I was. Well, you're saying that, you used to be a pole vaulter. I'm pretty sure that's one of, it's got to be up there with uh, in terms of adrenaline charged athletic ability though. So I think pole vault probably set you up for that, didn't it? I guess so, yeah. I've always done, um, maybe not the... The traditional events that everybody's more familiar with. You know, I did some running and obviously I did long jump. Um, but yeah, I've, I've always been attracted to the slightly different, I think. So yeah, pole vault, bobsleigh, right up my street. Yeah. How long was the transition period before, I mean, obviously you, you've changed from athletics in terms of sprinting, long jump and a bit of pole vault in there to, I'm assuming you went down a bath to jump on their uh, their training track. And then how long was it before you actually got to get in a bobsled on a track? It was pretty quick, to be honest. Um, I think I had my my first training session at Bath was, I think, in about the August of that year. Um, went out for trials in October, so that's the first time I saw ice. Um, and that was just on a push track, but on ice. So I had like half an hour to, this is ice, these are um, ice spikes, put them on, have a trot around, get familiar, um, and then straight into selection. Um, so trying to get my head around running on slippery stuff wow. um, and trusting that the shoes are going to hold me. But yeah, a bit of a quick transition there. Um, and then, yeah, later later in October, I was at the top of the track in Lake Placid, um, wow. having watched a few sleds go by. Yeah, straight down. <laughs> so, yeah, hardly any time at all, really. Yeah. Um, real whirlwind to try and learn everything I needed to know. 
and even through that first year of my career, it wasn't a pretty quick turnaround there from you know first run in the October to world champion on the same track uh, in five months. One of the things that uh, I went to the World Youth Olympics in Norway a couple of years ago, one of the things, being a Brit uh, and living in Australia, one of the things you don't realise is quite how quick these things go. I mean, I stood over the track and looked through as a media person and watching these things fly by and the wind that gets pushed through the chute as well is pretty phenomenal. And Was that a bit of a surprise to you actually how fast these things went? Yeah, I think that TV just doesn't capture it. No, definitely. Um, the speed, the noise, um, yeah. So to say, went up to the track in Lake Placid to say, you know, this is bobsleigh. I uh, watched a few sleds come by, and it was loud. It was fast. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the nerves definitely set in a bit there. You know, am I going to like this? Um, but got to the bottom of that first run, and I knew immediately that I wanted to go again, oh, and good. absolutely loved it. <laughs> it had been. Um... 40 years or so since GB had had any sort of bobsleigh success. So what was it that you brought to it, the skills and qualities that you've got that took that that sleigh to the next level and got the gold medal? Um, It's that real raw speed power we went, you know, we were starting the top three in the world. Um, and they say that in the sport, it's kind of a third, a third and a third. So your, your start, your drive and your equipment. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the reasons we've got you on is because, unbelievably, you feature in one of the top-rating <laughs> Australian TV shows every week. I'm, I'm guessing you know where I'm where I'm going to go with this. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> the first question is: Did they not have your size? <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Well, effectively, it was made to measure. Um, just obviously not very well. Um, yeah. No, we were we were testing suits. Been made, got delivered. It was obviously a little bit tight, mm. um, and uh, it just didn't quite survive that race. You see, it's it's great to be chatting to an, an elite sports person tonight, but I'm also just a bit embarrassed, and I feel I should apologise because I see your bum every week, Julian. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's part of this 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 montage in in the comedy sports quiz section on on this show called Have You Been Paying Attention? It it flashes by in in a moment. There there you are, sort of bending at the start, and then the lycra splits, and and uh, yeah, there are Australians laughing at it every week, which seems very. Unfair fair for someone who's had as much success as, as you i mean did you feel at the time did it sort of raise your profile a bit was there a bit of a media circus around it at the time um yeah it definitely did um i tried to embrace it obviously at the time it was mortifying <laughs> um, <laughs> you know because i realized right away got to the bottom of the track and nicholas said well get out the sled then like, uh, no i to stay here um so you know it's not really what i want to be remembered for i'd rather be remembered for my my sporting achievements Absolutely. Um, but i mean you've you've got to be pragmatic about it and you know it's out there it's funny and yeah you just kind of go with it sure. <laughs> i mean we should get back to talking about your sporting achievements soon but my, my, my wife who watches the show with me did have one question is, is that a typical underwear choice for, for, for underneath the lycra suit is that what everyone's wearing I couldn't possibly say. I don't know what other people are wearing. But, um, the other thing is, was, was it cold? Was it cold on the way down? Was there a bit of a draft? Surely. Yeah, I mean, it happened. I realised it had happened. Made that split decision. I looked up. The green light had already gone. So if I'd backed out, then we would have been disqualified. Yeah. So I was like, well, we'll have to go. So then I just got straight back into like performance mindset. Right, okay, let's get a decent start. And I kind of forgot about it. Um, did the start, jumped in the sled and sat down and went, okay, that's cold. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, it was it was like minus 20 or something. Oh. It, was, it was always going to be cold. Was it, um, was it a good run? Yeah, as I said. Did, did you actually go well with that run? Yeah, we did. The start was actually not 
much slower than our first one. Okay. Um, maybe because I just wanted I wanted to get out of there and in the sled as quickly as possible. I think. Oh. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was it was a good run. And so you just you just put it out your mind and and yeah. concentrate on doing your job and then deal with the, deal with it when you get to the bottom <laughs> yeah. of the hill. Now putting things out of your mind, I've been obviously doing a bit of research the last couple of days when we knew you were going to come on. You guys had some pretty huge crashes at Whistler and Oldenburg. Can you put them out of your mind or is that something you think about as something in the back of your mind? I mean, you never want it to happen, obviously, but in terms of that, when you see other crews crashing and, and things like that, is it just thinking, why am I doing this? I mean, it's always there. You know the risks are there. You could crash on any run. It's always a possibility. You can crash on any corner or any track. And yeah, having had those and having got badly hurt a couple of times, then yeah, it does It does sit in your mind. Um, I know the one in Whistler, um, obviously in the Olympics, we crashed. Um, I had a really bad hip injury. It took me about two years to get back from that to full fitness. Um, so going through the process of even learning to walk again, I didn't have much control over my leg. So that was a, a, a real long journey back. And then going back to that track to race again, I didn't, well, I knew I was slightly nervous, but I didn't realise how nervous I was until I stood at the top of the track. <laughs> and, you know, you're start, starting to feel sick. You're like, you know, you know can I go through with this? Um, but getting to the bottom of that run unscathed, getting out of the sled was just pure relief. Mm. It's like, I've done it. It's fine. That's out of the system. And we actually crashed again that week. Um, and I walked away from that crash absolutely fine. Like, you know, the usual bumps and bruises, but nothing, nothing serious. Um, and I think that actually helped. Mm. It's like, okay, that one where I got badly hurt, that was just a one off. I was unlucky. You know, you can crash here, same corner and it's fine. So, um, so yeah, it's just mind over matter. (laughs) So even better than than getting down without crashing was having another crash, but it not being as, as as dangerous as the first one was. Yeah. I mean, it's a a strange, you you never really want to crash. No. Um, but, (laughs) um, but yeah, I think it, it really did help to, you know, okay, that's happened again. Nothing bad's happened. If it happens, the likelihood is that I'm going to be fine. Yeah. Um, I've been back to that track repeatedly since then, and you know it's it's not even an issue anymore. I mean, you respect the track because that track in Whistler is fast. It's notorious for people crashing. Sure. Um, but yeah, just just back to business as normal, really. In terms of the crashing and, and, and danger, is it actually all relative though within the sliding community? Do you guys in the bobsleigh say, well, those skeleton and luge characters, they're really crazy? Is 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 there a sort of difference between the two? <laughs> Yeah, the bobsledders, they're the, they're the soft That's ones. That's just time, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, there's kind of a, a pecking order, I guess. Um, so a skeleton's kind of the safest because you're so low to the ice. So right. if you do crash, you just kind of tend to slide off and slide along with your sled. Okay. A bobsleigh, a little bit more risky, lose are the crazy guys. I um, see, that way If that goes out of control, that really goes wrong. Interesting. Um, yeah, same track. The sleds take it slightly differently. Slightly different corners are a problem. But yeah, I think it's it's a really nice part of all the sports is that all the athletes are aware of the risks. They're aware that everybody's going through the same thing and there's a lot of respect. So it's it's not so much you against your competition. It's, you know, everybody against the hill, yeah, sure. um, against the track. And uh, there's, there's a real sense of camaraderie in that changing room. Have they got you to have a go at Skeleton and Luge? Have you got to try those sports as well? No, I've never tried either. I know that the skeleton did ask if I wanted a shot at one point, but I, I've, I've never actually done 
either of the other two. Um, so I'm taking their word for it. But <laughs> I would have thought going <laughs> head first. <laughs> I would have thought going head first down the track at uh, 100 kilometers an hour would be the most dangerous. But it's, it's the Apparently least not. dangerous. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, that's thrown a bit of uh, <laughs> glitter on that uh, interesting career choice going head first down the track. <laughs> yeah, it looks spectacular, but apparently is safer. <laughs> there you go. Well, Britain's got a long line of uh, skeleton champions. Anyway, well, exactly. So. The skeleton medals for Britain are ten a penny these days, whereas whereas bobsleigh, Bob, bobsleigh world yeah. champion that's really special. Well, talking about um, <laughs> Scottish champions, I mean the curlers mm. winning medals. Uh, we talked about Alan Baxter earlier between uh, me and you off air. So I mean, the Scottish uh, Winter Olympics and Winter Sports are flying at the minute. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I still watch the Winter Olympics and uh, I'm glued to it when it's on. And yeah, I mean, curling's always been really strong and it's it's great to see other Scots coming through in, in a wide range of disciplines. I mean, we've got some skiers coming and, you know, we've had some ice dance pairs and things like that. So yeah, it's it's been great to watch to watch that and, and to see other people succeeding in a sport, um, in winter sports, where there's not really a strong tradition. And you know what's a shame, like Gillian, actually? With, with, uh, Beefy and I were talking about the Commonwealth Games coming up and how it's great to see England, Scotland and Wales competing separately. But for, for Scottish winter Olympians, there's no equivalent. There's no winter Commonwealth Games. You never get to actually be a, a, a Scottish winner. You have to just be a British winner. I mean, I suppose a, a winter Commonwealth Games would just be Scotland and Canada going head to head in most of the events, really. You can see why it doesn't exist. I'm just trying to think of any <laughs> other Commonwealth countries that excel at winter sports, but well, there, clearly a, there isn't. Australia doing oh, the snowboarding and that's uh, it. Yeah, the Aussies. But, yeah, yeah. It, it does seem a shame, really, for, for, for Scottish um, winter athletes. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, it, you know, I've always loved competing for Scotland. Um, and you know, equally, I've loved competing for GB. Mm-hmm. Um so it's great to get that that opportunity, but yeah, I think you know the Commonwealth was always really special for me, um, and that chance to compete for Scotland. So yeah, it would have been nice to have something in the winter realm as well. But yeah. as you say, there's maybe not not the take up um, no. across the Commonwealth <laughs> in, in those sports. Well, talking about Commonwealth Games, it is coming up in Birmingham very very shortly. Quick focus on Scottish athletics right at the moment. Elish McColgan, second in the world, ranked at ten thousand meters. Um, I'm not sure what's happening to the fifteen hundred in Scotland, but you. You've got Josh Kerr and Jake Wakeman. I think you're in the top five seasons best in the 1500. You've got Neil Gurley as well in the 1500. Lara Muir on oh, the yeah, women's side. She's special. Um, I think your high jumpers, the women's high jumpers are going quite well. Gemma Riki, what, she's number six, I think, in the 800. And then the 400, Nick Jurgen and Zoe Clark. So there's a few medal prospects out there on the track for oh, uh, for chances. Scotland. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's you know This is the exciting part where... Your athletes are starting to be selected and you know, getting into that last month leading into the games. And uh, yeah, as you say, there's on the track, there's a bunch of, uh, bunch of prospects there. Um, it's been great to see them come through. And I, I certainly wouldn't want to be on that selection panel and <laughs> trying to choose the athletics team. So. Well, it's not far to travel, which is always a winner. It's not as if you're going halfway across the world like Melbourne for for the Commonwealth Games. Yeah. It's always easier when it's kind of in your backyard. But, I mean, the travel costs are, are pretty astronomical. But what's been the change in Scottish athletics? Because it, it has been, look, let's put it mildly, it's been a while bef- between drinks. I mean, Liz McColgan and Alan Wells. And there's been mm. not too many others really set the world stage alight. So has it been a, a, a strategic change in 
in Scottish athletics or more funding or just more opportunity? I think the the middle distance program is really strong and you've got a combination of the right athletes coming on, along at the right time and you've had those role models there. So obviously Laura's been at the top for quite a long time now um, and I think other athletes have seen her succeed. They've got to train alongside her and, and learn from her and others like her and I think you know that sort of success kind of breeds success um, and you've just got a really strong group of athletes have come through and um, you've got the younger ones sort of coming through, like Gemma, Riki, for example, sort of mm. coming through on the back of them, getting the, the benefit of their experience, the benefit of training with them. Obviously, the coaches have learned a lot and um, taking that through. So I think, yeah, it's a combination of a great bunch of athletes um, and you know, so a real focus on, on getting those athletes the right competitions mm. and getting them those times. So we've talked about your career. We've talked about the uh, Scottish Commonwealth Games programme. Are you, you still involved in sports now that you've uh, hung the spikes up? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm going to Birmingham myself as a staff member with Team Scotland um, for the Games. So uh, it'll be my third Commonwealth Games as staff um, on the media team. And so I'm uh, deputy head of, of media and heading up our digital team uh, down there. So uh, working closely with the athletes um, and it's, you know, it's, it's a great role to be in because you get to share that success yeah. uh, with them, see their excitement. It's a really exciting time at the moment. We've uh, actually got our team camp the next uh, couple of days where all the athletes and staff come together for the first time um, and get their kit, which is always the exciting part as well. Yeah. So, uh, well, make sure it fits. Yeah, a lot. A lot <laughs> <going on>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the news, recent news as well, is uh, the next Commonwealth Games are in r- rural Victoria. That's right. Down yeah. this way. So hopefully you can uh, hang on in there with the Scottish team for another four years. And if you do get down to Australia, we'll we'll love to have you back and uh, chat a bit more about life and uh, life after hanging the spikes up that's for sure we wish you well we hope that uh, Scotland have an absolutely awesome and full of medals Commonwealth Games because uh, you guys deserve it let's hope for Scottish independence sooner rather than later and then Wales can definitely follow after that and uh, (laughs) it just needs one of us to go first that's all it takes I'm not sure if you're pro-independence by the way I'm just putting it out there Gillian, it's oh, been it's absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for uh, for coming on and uh, embracing the fact that you are a Australian TV star in the making. You didn't <laughs> even realise. But uh, with that in mind, we have to thank you and uh, let you get on with your day, basically, and not talk more about this rubbish. <laughs> thank you, Gillian. <laughs> That's great. Thanks very much. Great to chat. No problem. All the best. Thank you so much and enjoy Birmingham. Hi, I'm Ronnie O'Sullivan and this is 365 Days of Sport. So he played the first song that came to his head It just so happened to be It was the worst song in the world It was the worst song in the world Listen to the song and it's clear a bomb Because the words don't fit and the song is shit You're a talentless kid You suck! Just quickly for the record, Beef yep. Both Peru and Argentina, from what I've heard, have plenty of beef They do! Spot on, Rob, well done that's, that's almost. Uh, I was going to say that's almost punnying for you. But it, it is punnying, but it's uh, that's a very good observation, though. Mm. Well done. Right, I found this totally by accident. 1981, the VFL as it was back then, yeah. put out an album. The whole VFL. Yeah, there was only 12 teams back then in 1981. Right. It was called Footy Favorites. Okay. So they basically got the best players from each of their teams. To do a little song. A whole song? 
a whole song. We're not going to hear. I'm, I've basically taken one minute snippets from each song. Okay. So, uh, is there a, is are the songs about football as such, or are they about just no, uh, they're about no, life? No, this day they are literally singing the hits. Well, not even the hits of the day. There's some traditional ones in there. Oh, there and there's some covers. They're all covers. They're not originals. Sorry, right. Rob. So, so a representative from each team. So, this yep. is an album. What's the name of the album again? Footy favourites. Footy favourites. So it might be the, the this the individual player's favourite song. Right. So it's, it's never a collective of, of no. players together. It's always one particular player. Always one particular player. Going so is Dermot Brereton do one? No. Oh, because he's not a bad singer, Dermot Brereton. Oh, okay. Yeah. 1981, was that before his time? Uh, really it would have been, been about that. Anyway, about that. we're going to go through the album because yeah. there's no. I'm not picking any favourites here. We're just going to go through the album and listen to it in all its glory. So we're going to start off with the Essendon legend, mm. Tim Watson. Yep. He's doing Ruby, Don't Take Your Love to Town. Yep. You've painted up your lips and rolled and curled your tinted hair. Are you contemplating going out somewhere? The shadow on the wall tells me the sun is going down. Oh, oh don't take your love to town. Started that old crazy Asian walk But I was proud to go into my patriotic job I guess it's true that I'm not the man I used to be Oh, Ruby I still need some company well, that's the one that kicks off the album. Kenny okay. Rogers, Ruby, don't that's take Kenny your love. That's Kenny Rogers. That's yeah. what I was wondering about. The um, music is interesting, though. Well, the whole thing's terrible. <laughs> um, the, Just one track. Uh, strange. It, it's it's proper. That that really is a 1980s garage synthesizer. It was, wasn't it? Um, the, the, very much uh, the vocals lacking confidence. And wavering on pitch yeah. dramatically, so someone's coming and layered those uh, chorus harmonies to try and give him a bit of assistance. Nineteen eighty-one layering, you can tell. It's the old meatloaf. Turn, turn the backing vocals up. Here. Alrighty. Yeah. So now, Trevor Barker, St Kilda legend, Johnny Nash's. I can see clearly now. Ah, okay. I can see clearly now that the rain has gone. Oh. I'll do a great video for this. <laughs> used to make me cry. Feelings have disappeared 
So there you go. Yeah. It's not, he's, he's trying to get there, but I think it's the same deal. Lacking confidence. It certainly is lacking confidence. He's gone a sort of a step down, too. He's but like, I can see the backing track. I can see clearly now. It should be up there. See? Should be, yeah. But um, the backing track. I th- you just can't help but feel comical. Uh, well, yeah, it's it, it's real. Got a real out of elevator music vibe to it. That yeah. that particular backing track. Just going up the old um, Hammond organ. Yeah. I'm not into that. Collingwood next. Ray Shaw is going to take on that Irish traditional folk piece, Danny Boy. Jesus. Danny Boy. Oh. The pipes, the pipes are calling. Oh. From Glen to Glen. Glen to Glen. Oh, that's not it. And down the mountain side. Poor players being made to do this. The summer's gone. And all the roses are dying. Oh, terrible. Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) That's a butcher job. Again, severely lacking in confidence. Like, this is the... This is the thing. Like people think, it's, it's not just about singing in tune, which that was not as well. So none no. of them have had no. can sing in tune so far. Like, no, no. like they're vaguely in the ballpark, but it's very oh, pitchy. It's very, not even it's not in the great. Ballpark, mate. But, 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 but it's it's so much about as it's about conviction. Yeah, and 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 some intent and, and attitude, and and this is all very tentative. Yep. I, I I feel sorry for the players. Someone's had this idea. Let's do this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, uh, I mean, I'd be very dark if, if okay. uh, I was put in this situation with, with zero talent. We're off to North Melbourne now. Wayne Schimmelbush. Ray Brown and the Whispers, 20 miles. Mm. 20 miles from my house to your house. 20 miles and I'm walking all away. 20 miles when you're close to nothing. Because I've got to see my baby every day. Jesus Christ. Lots of girls invited into my house. Oh, wasn't expecting that. Lots of girls, but I didn't see them. Because the club is 20 miles away. I walk along. Sing my song. 20 miles is a long, long way. Oh. I don't what, think the what, choice of song is what, helping there. No, well, it's just you can't have someone that has no rhythm, no talent, no nothing, and get them to sing a song. It's just impossible. <laughs> you can't do that. They may as well get you to sing it, Beef. It's that. It's that bad. <laughs> like, like, honestly, 
Um, now, the, what what was the purpose or intent of them just to raise some funds for the AFL, basically, or VFL? Well, that's a great question. What was the point of this album? I think it was to... No, nothing good could s- come out of this. ...satisfy um, punters' demand for... This is the first celebrity stuff that we could do. This is like... Um, what's, but, the, what's the one where you dress up in the costume and go on the song? And Dave Hughes a, guesses it's dress. Beyonce. Oh, the... Vo- the, the mass singer. The mass singer. Well, well, what's, this is the original of that. But they're not masked. No, but they're on vinyl, so you don't really know. It's got their name. Yeah, it has got their name. But who? Well, why did they end up doing this? It's, it's, it's not. It's never going to end well. You can't. <laughs> All right. Uh, what, 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 is there any record of the reaction as to what? Oh, they what loved happened? it. AFL punters, they loved it, Rob. They thought but, it was brilliant. They, they probably did. Were they, they laughing at it? I don't know. They probably wanted follow-ups. Footscray and Sydney legend Barry Round. He took on Elton John's Little Genie. There you go. So he, you know what it's not said? bad, though. He had a no, go. No, that, that was bad. That was terrible. Okay. Um, the, if, it's sort of like if they're at the club and they had a karaoke night. Yeah. So, and it's sort of like, hey, get up. Just get up and do a song, Daz. Give us a, you got a bit, a bit of lungs on you. got some lungs on you, mate. Yeah, mate. Sing us a song, mate. <laughs> and um, he, he actually doesn't. And that's what it sounds like. Just think, though, the clubs that have nominated their best singer for this. Do you, oh, do you reckon? No. I, I, I think the AFL the would have selected. They would selected the player yeah, yeah. without thinking that he can't sing. All right. Richmond and Collingwood favourite David Cloak. He's going to take on Joe Cocker's The Letter. Give me a ticket for an aeroplane. Ain't got time to catch a fast train. Jeez. Lonely days are gone. I'm a going home. My baby, she wrote me a letter. Listen to that band drop. Uh, that's not a band. It's a disaster, Pete. They're all ru- just rubbish. I know. What's the name of the segment? There's <laughs> no rhythm. No. Aeroplane. Oh, imagine, I feel, you know who I feel most sorry for? The producer. Oh, he's having a ball. Imagine having to work with that and try and make something out of it. The strange thing is, these sound like one takers. Like they would have well, had a few goes, but they, I, there doesn't seem to be much editing involved. I think, I think he eventually would have got less and less 
tolerant throughout. I mean, it was tried initially, yeah, and then it would have taken a whole day to try and get a take right. down. And then each time he would have gone, uh-huh. he'd just do a run through, see if he could sing a tune and if it had rhythm. And if he didn't, he'd just go, oh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, just go through. Just get just do yeah. three takes and I'll chop it up. Well, here we go then. This is Wind the Windows Day, Michael Turner from Geelong. Peter Allen's When My Baby, When My Baby Goes Me, I Go to Rio. When my baby, when my baby smiles at me, I go to Rio. Yeah, De Janeiro. My old me, oh, I don't want to, then I have to do the samba and the bumper. Now I'm not the kind of person with a passionate persuasion for dancing, for romancing. And I get into the rhythm and my feet follow the beating of my There you go. Uh, that's, that's probably the best of the lot so far, but still not not My, not, my not good vague understanding of 80s AFL, Michael Turner wasn't shy of a bit of confidence and a bit of swagger. Okay. So that's probably why. For me, that's that's a, that's a pick of the bunch thus far. Oh, is it? But, okay. But, but it's still not, not there. Oh, yeah, Clearly not there. All right. This is uh, Fitzroy legend Laurie Serafini. He's chosen Carol King's Hard Rock Cafe. No. <laughs> you can find yourself at the Hard Rock Cafe. Put your money on a number, anyone can play. Come on and tell us all what happened to you today oh. at the Hard Rock Cafe. Backing vocals up, backing vocals up. <laughs> I hope you can find your way oh. to the Hard Rock Cafe. Yep. After a hard day's work, I guarantee there just isn't anywhere better to be. Uh, I mean, I don't need to say much about no, that. No, that's really, pretty bad. Really All right, then. The thing, the thing is, you know, you know when they had their meatloaf and the same backing vote, yeah. have you... Have you heard lately the next person who's fallen by the wayside on the, with the vocal front? No, John Bon Jovi. Oh, really? He's lost it. Bon Jovi. I, I, I don't know what's going on. I've I've I've, I've heard some some writing uh. complaints, and I did see a short clip of him doing Dead or Alive. Wow, terrible. Okay, well that's yeah. not good. I, I know. The last time I've seen him doing Living on a Prayer, the high parts he doesn't sing, and he just points to the crowd and they do it. Uh, uh, so something he might have a degenerative sort of yeah. thing going on. A bit there. like meatloaf. All right, and Rob, I need you to decide who was worse: Gail Gadot, is that what she's called, Wonder Woman? Gal Gadot. Gail Gadot or Gal Gal or Mark McClure from Carlton. Imagine there's no heaven. 
Mark's got a beat easy. Yeah, he was getting there, wasn't he's he? A, he was sli- slightly rushing, slight, as, as might yeah. be his criticism there. Of I it, didn't get uh, to but, the bit uh, where you he's know, got a nice tone to his voice and and, and, and was it was the, definitely the most in June. Mm. But Gal Gadot just oh. just hated her. Yeah, yeah, I know. She, did, by the way, she got massive backlash. For oh, that. we know that. We know yeah, that. All right, we're bringing on home now, Rob. Three absolute belters. We're going to start off with Hawthorne. This is Michael Moncrief doing the Police. Young teacher, the subject of school fantasy. She wants you so bad. He's not even in case. what she wants to be. Inside her, there's daughter, there's Should be there. Look at how flat he is. This girl is Oh, Jesus. Don't stand. Don't stand so. It just reminds me of when you're at high school or something, yeah. And some meathead farmer decides he likes some song, and he likes that go, and he just starts singing it real loud in the in the locker room or something. Oh, yeah, where yeah. But after you've you know PE or and he's yeah. just being an idiot, and that's how they sing like I think, that. I think that was with, me. With, well, with no, yeah, that, well, that sounds like you. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what it reminds me of. You wait till the last two. This is Robbie Flower from Melbourne doing the Village People. Mm. Jesus. Not a hard song to sing this one. <laughs> Apparently it is if you're Robbie Flower. Is that the whole album? We got one more. It's but this is with so many terrible performances. Well, you wait till this one. Um I reckon the producer had enough by this stage. Yeah, he just did one take, yeah. That's this it. is Kelvin Templeton from Footscray doing Connie Francis's Who's Sorry Now. I don't know if I know the song. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Who's Sorry Now? 
Who's sorry now? Whose heart is aching? I don't know how the song goes. Oh, we'll play it. Or breaking a vow. Who's sad and blue? Who's crying too? Just like I've cried over you. Right to the end. Just like a friend. I tried to warn you. Somehow. You had your way. What's this? Now, you must pay. I'm glad that you're sorry now. I'm pretty sure so, they'd just given up so by that either, stage. Either, either he just said, I'm not singing this. And yeah. they couldn't get it right. Just say it. Just yeah. say the words. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're right. Because, I mean, I, I don't know that song. I don't know the melody. We're going to play. But I know, I know it doesn't. wouldn't sound like... I, and I know it's not the right sort of um, <laughs> type of tone that suggests yeah. a word art poetry piece. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But I reckon by the time he got through 11 of these, the producer said, I'm not doing this again. It would have just Just been... say the words, Calvin. What a horrendous... I mean, this is... They're lucky that this is before the footy show started. Yeah. It's, it's about four it is years. Not, it is from 1981. Yeah, I don't know when the footy show started, but yeah. 1981 the about... album was. Apparently, it was a bit of controversy about including Imagine, because it was literally a couple of weeks after John Lennon was killed. Jeez, yeah. So... Well, certainly, that could be potentially quite disrespectful yeah well especially doing it like that yeah although oddly he was the best singer of the entire group. you think so oh without uh, doubt he was who the was best it singer. oh mark mcclure yeah from uh don't even know carlton he played for yeah without so. doubt that easily the best singer there was that's not saying much definitely cause, isn't cause there was 11 disasters in there including one that actually was obviously was so bad that he had to just say the words say the words yeah so there it is, worst song in the world this week. It was 12 songs from the Footy Favourites VFL album from 1981. Yeah, get yourself a copy, people, if you want to reminisce. Oh, there's thousands on eBay for a 50 cents, I reckon. You could do some great... Do you know what? It's probably a buddy collector's like... item now. Yeah. All those tracks are on YouTube, by the way. That's where I got them from. Yeah, right. All of them in full. Done well to find that one, Beef. It came up totally by accident. I was looking for something else. Okay. Um, I, I wonder. Do- that's, that's. I mean, that's one you could bring up with them now. They'd just be in oh, hysterics. Embarrassed uh, or hysterics. Either one. Hi, I'm Dane Swan, and you're listening to Three Six Five Days of Sport. All right, this is going to cheer you up, Rob. Man faces felony charge over dead rooster. Right. A Jacksonville man has been accused of murdering his neighbour's rooster. A feud between the two has Did he end- want some dinner? No. A feud between the two has ended in a 30-hour jail stay and a lot of fighting. Do you want to hear the interviews? Yeah. Get ready. All right. Set your chops to laugh. Okay. I go to my mailbox one morning. I don't see nothing. I just check my mail. And I turn around and go. I hear... And I turn around, and there's the chicken out there in the street. I said, oh, boy, here we go. Turned around and walked back to my place. Now the chicken's in my yard. Now his neck flares up, and he's doing his thing, and he's trying to jump up at me. Well, I'm not 80 years old, so I move a little bit quicker than my dad, which he come and kind of ambushed my dad, assaulted, whatever you want to call it. So I pick up a stick in the yard, and... And I try to hit it, but the chicken's jumping up at me, and I accidentally knocked it in the head. 
you know, call it a lucky shot, whatever. The chicken rolled around on the ground right there in my yard up here, and then it, and then it just laid there in the ditch. I, I didn't want to give, I didn't know to give it a 21 gun salute, CPR, mouth to mouth, you know, or call the chicken ambulance. So, th so I just left it laying there beside the road. The kids told him that I killed his chicken. He grabbed the chicken, was yelling and screaming in my yard. And uh, I just told him, leave. But I did tell him, after the chicken hit my dad, I said, hey, man, the chicken attacked my dad. Oh, what's it do? It's just a chicken. What's he going to do? You know, okay, well, look. So it kept terrorizing and, and being aggressive. So I, f I figure I, I, this is my property. I got a right to print life, property, and limb, just like you do. If a man comes attack you and you know kung fu, you're going to hi yah him, right? Okay, simple as that. So I'm defending myself. You know, I was feared for my safety, and the chicken, you know, uh, d died. When Dave Felice came home, all he saw was his rooster dead in a ditch. I said, I'm calling JSO. I called JSO. JSO didn't do nothing. Then a couple of days later, I, I realized I could call animal control. James Nix went to jail for animal cruelty. Next thing you know, he calls the chicken police on me. While the neighbors continue the fight, Nix says he never should have been arrested. Chickens are dying every day, people, at churches, Popeyes, and Kentucky Fried Chicken. Really. <laughs> <laughs> Chickens are dying every day, people. I was got. Is that the guy you base your uh, accent on? It it's pretty close. It is pretty close. <laughs> I am now that man from Jacksonville. <laughs> hey, the chickens are dying so, every day. So hang on. Did they say he served time? Yeah. That's ridiculous. For animal cruelty. After a chicken attacked him and he killed the chicken. It was a rooster. I mean, that that can't. How how that ruling come about? Because he called the chicken police. <laughs> Animal cruelty, man. How much time did he get? Well, it says he was in there for 30 hours. Okay. So not too bad, but he still went to jail. I still f I f I feel for him. Me too. Is that, is that a criminal conviction now? Quite probably. Imagine that in your record. You can go, you can kill people with guns, you can get an abortion, or you can kill a chicken. You're all going to jail. You can't get an abortion now. Well, you, if Depending you do, on your state. I was going to say, if you do get an abortion, you're going to jail. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I see. I'll get you. Thanks, man. Um. Well, that was an interesting beef. It was brilliant. <laughs> Loved it. <laughs> Love that. The chicken police. The chicken police. He called the chicken police on me. Let's well, do uh, yeah, hopefully they found another chicken all right. There's a few of them around. There's a couple everywhere. Yeah. You know, I love the way because in Northern Florida, California, and Atlanta or Georgia, mm. churches. When he said chickens are being killed all the time in churches, that's churches chicken. Yeah, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. A, straight away. I went towards an actual church. Yes, but then I remember but it is churches, churches chicken. chicken. Yeah, so Popeyes and uh, mm -hmm. Kentucky Fried Chicken. It's good stuff. It's making me hungry, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. I think I'm going to go to McDonald's after this. Oh, McChicken? No, not a McChicken. McChicken's ranked. Do they still have McChickens? I don't know. I, Cause I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's gone now because people just won't eat the fake fake chicken. Perhaps. That, they... that, that stuff where they just throw like little baby chicks into like a grinder with the fur <coughs> on and then it just comes out and that's what's in the nuggets. <laughs> you know. Are you sure about that, Rob? I've seen, Is that official? I've seen, well, it's hard to say it's official. I, I'm, I'm basing that on when I was wandering through Burke Street Mall <laughs> one time and then these guys sitting there in a, in a sort of quad form.
formation with iPads with videos. Or they're, they're, they've got they're wearing like screen masks, or oh no, no, they're wearing the V for Vendetta sort of thing. Okay, sort of mask. Right, and they're and and they're all covered, so they're anonymous, but they're showing these iPads with all of these horrendous things happening at the meatworks. Yeah, and as if it's just you know it's supposed to be an awakening moment. And um, mm-hmm. I watched her a bit. Said, oh. Oh. Is that Ariston? Oh. Is that Ariston? Yeah. And as you walk straight into KFC, <laughs> I'll have two. I don't know. It didn't I, resonate in the I haven't had me. McDonald's for a long, long time. So okay. I'm assuming they still do a chicken deal. I think the Philadelphia. Oh, they, they do do chicken. I know they do, but oh. they've got a proper chicken breast sort of filet oh, thing okay. now, which was supposed to be their fancy one. But I right. would. I haven't. Maybe they have still got the McChicken. I don't know. Don't know. They've definitely got the McChicken. Because the Philadelphia fish made a big comeback. Really? Yeah. That's the worst burger on the menu. I think so. Without doubt. All I, those pickle things. They'll be into... No, there's no pickle things in the Philadelphia Yeah, in the tartare sauce, yeah. Oh, in the tartare sauce. Yeah. You can't hold that against the fillet oh, of fish. No time for it. <laughs> if you're in McDonald's, you're not there for the fish, are you? Let's face it. No. No. Again, I, I, I'm not sure where that comes from, that stuff. Because in the early days of vegetarianism, Rob, mm. people were eating fish. They were yeah. pescatarians. Pescatarians, yeah. yeah. So they, they took the bean burger off the menu, the McBean or whatever it was called. That was that a thing for a time, was it? Yeah, when they were bringing in fake meat, there was they did a bean burger. How long ago? Oh, a long time ago. Really? They tried it back then. They tried fake soy stuff back then. Yeah, yeah. It was called the. I'm sure it was called the McBean. Okay. Unless I've been having really weird dreams, Rob. Yeah. There was definitely a A McBean. McBean. I'm sure it was the McBean burger. Yeah. They had a kiwi burger in New Zealand. Was it green? No, it wasn't green. No, not an actual kiwi (laughs) bird. It was like no. the Aussie burger here. It just had everything in it. No. Ki- had kiwi like an fruit, egg in it and not stuff. kiwi birds. You can't eat them. It's culturally inappropriate, Rob. Well, no. We don't have a kiwi fruit in the burger. Right. Are the kiwi well, fruits... How would that ever be good? Are kiwi fruits actually native to New Zealand? I don't even really know. No, I don't think so. Oh, weird. Um, but I don't know for name? sure. You know what? I should know this. You should. I've been to kiwi fruit country outside of uh, Tauranga. And right. uh, there's a giant kiwi fruit. You Is can walk that? up it, and cool. they have uh, these floating taps that hover over a uh, fountain over the lake. But oh, yeah, unbelievable! Yeah, unbelievable! Yeah. I figured out how they. If do you're that. ever in New Zealand, people Go get to kiwi fruit. Country. Kiwi fruit country. There's giant kiwi there, just near Tauranga. Yeah, awesome. We got to thank Jack Link's beef jerky, the best <sighs> beef jerky on the planet. If whatever you're doing over the next coming weeks, loads of international rugby going on. You need to accompany international rugby with Jack Link's beef jerky Mm -hmm. you really do it's an essential couldn't have said it better myself it's an essential Mm. it's also the food of astronauts australia's got a new space program yep they are logging in to jack links now putting in pre-orders is that i didn't is that i didn't know that i think it was unmanned that was, was the big in, news? Yeah, up in Darwin, they launched a rocket for NASA. Oh, nice. Yeah, about two weeks ago. I, I didn't know we could do that here. Yeah. We had that stuff. We've got a lot of wasteland up in the Northern Territories. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of wasteland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, Jack Link's Beef Jerky is best beef jerky on the planet. Get to your local supermarket because it is probably on special. Get down there. Get down there. All right, Rob, how's the comeback been? Back uh, into I'm, the swing of things? I'm still a bit, uh, bit dazed, if I'm honest. Okay. Um, so, I need a week or so. But well, I'll be right. I'm supposed to be playing golf at seven. I'm not sure I'm going to make that. That's not too far away. Yeah. Oh, well, it's been a good comeback. I can put I you, you back, no in the, back in the uh, yeah, yeah. You know, upper echelon of the podcasting world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Top of the heat. This has been the greatest non-sports sports radio show on the planet. 365 days of sport. See you next week. <laughs>